And welcome to the Monday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back with you here once again on the show. Hope you are all having a fantastic start to your Monday, a fantastic start to the 4th of July week festivities, whatever you may be doing, spending it with friends, family, loved ones, whether you're working. I hope you are enjoying yourself here over these next couple of days. And we've got a fun one in store for you here today on the show. I was debating what we were going to do here to start the week off and was debating a couple different things. And then I found myself constantly looking at lists that were free agents that were still available. These are the these are the moves that these teams could make to make themselves better, that kind of stuff. And I thought to myself, I remember on this podcast, we did a show like that where we talked about what the next wave of free agency was going to look like, what the next moves were going to be across the landscape of the National Football League. We talked about all these different players. I, I remembered it vividly. But I thought to myself, hmm, maybe we did that show too recent. We can't bring it back up. So I went back into the archives of the TDN Daily Podcast, and I looked at when that episode was done. It was done in the beginning of May, almost two months ago. I think close to being two months on the nose that we did that episode. So I think it is well within bounds for us to have a conversation here on the show today of who is still available um, at different positions across the NFL free agent landscape with training camp, with preseason, starting next month. I mean, we are around a month away from the Hall of Fame game. And that's the official kickoff of the NFL season. We're ready to go here, folks. Like, then it's training camp, then it's preseason, and then we are slowly counting down the days to the start of the 2023 NFL season. And so I thought it would be a really nice opportunity today here on the show to kind of do a check-in on these free agents and who is still available because there are um, some big names still available. So a lot of different things for us to discuss here on the show today. But one of the big takeaways that I had when looking at the list of the top available uh, free agents in 2023, and you can get these from a bunch of different places. They're just lists of names, right? But one of the things that I really, 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 um, it was one of my bigger takeaways, and it really kind of stood out to me, was just the sheer amount of running back talent that still sits out on the free agent market. You have Dalvin Cook. You have Ezekiel Elliott. You have Kareem Hunt. You have Leonard Fournette. And I think what is so interesting about those four names in particular, and I have a list here with where they played last year, their position, all that kind of stuff. But there is also a column that shows what their age would be on September 1 of 2023. So basically the start of the season. I think the first week's like uh, two weeks later or so, or a week and a half later. All of these guys would be under 30 years old. So while, yes, in running back years, guys being, you know, Dalvin Cook is 27, and then Zeke, Kareem Hunt, and Leonard Fournette are all 28. And in running back years, all of those guys have been around a very, very long time, right? These guys have been in the league what feels like forever, but they're still all relatively young at the position. I mean, they're still all under 30. And I think we all think, the YouTube chats here, they'll let me know if they agree. I'm sure you're listening to the podcast at home. You'll tell me in, in the, in the, via a tweet or while you're listening to the show, you'll shout it out loud if you feel differently. I think I feel like all four of these guys still have something left in the tank. I think all four of these guys still have something left to give to a team in a certain type of role. Zeke's not the player that he was in his rookie season, those first couple years in Dallas. We all know that. Zeke was still productive last year. Zeke was still a player that could, in a good role, provide for you. I think we all feel like Dalvin Cook, if he went to Miami and joined that running back room, would make a team better in that role. I'm not saying you're bringing in these guys to be the, uh, the RB1 of your team and you're going to give them a ton of carries and you're expecting them to be the players that they were in the past and be a top five running back in the case of Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott. You're expecting these guys to be top five players at the position. But if you're telling me here on July 3rd while doing this podcast that Dalvin Cook can't add value to a team in 2023, 
that Ezekiel Elliott can't add value to a team in 2023, that Kareem Hunt can't add value to a team in 2023, Leonard Fournette goes on and on and on. I, I think I disagree. I think there's a role for all of these guys. Um, Sportsnet says, I thought Fournette would have signed with the Saints and then says that these guys are all uh, young, but lots of miles or injuries. 100%. They, in running back years, they do have some tread on the tires. But I'm not asking them to put the kind of tread on the tires that they have in years past. I'm asking them to kind of change their roles a little bit for the teams that they would potentially be joining. And I think Zeke Lelly, it's got a role. Um, there was a lot of conversation about how good in the, in the chat that Zeke's a great pass protection back. Guess what? That's a role. That's a role that he can have on a team. And last year, he wasn't terrible. Uh, Taylor B says, I don't know about Fournette. He didn't have much left in the tank as a rookie, much less at 28. I still think he can provide value to a team for what it would cost to bring Leonard Fournette into your squad at this stage of, of, of the free agency process. I think there is value to be had there with a Leonard Fournette coming into the fold. Would I rather the other three guys on the list ahead of him? 100%. But I do think you've got a group here that can provide value. Uh, Sean Wise says, Cook to Miami makes sense, but I would love Zeke to the Browns as a backup to Chubb. Listen, the Cleveland Browns, when they didn't um, bring back Kareem Hunt, a lot of people, myself included, thought, hmm, that probably means they're going to draft a running back to take over that Kareem Hunt role. I now fully believe that Jerome Ford is just going to take over the Kareem Hunt role, and they're just going to slide him up the depth chart. And he's a relative unknown because he would be he's stepping into a workload that we're not familiar with him having, but I think that's their plan. I think their plan is to continue ru- ru- running with Nick Chubb the way that they run and then have Jerome Ford be the backup in the Kareem Hunt role. That's what I feel like they're going to do ahead of the 2023 season. But yes, I mean, any of these guys would fit in as a great complimentary piece to Nick Chubb, but I think they feel very comfortable with what they have in-house. And look, I don't want to make this show all about the running backs, even though I think we could probably discuss at length all of these different these different options. Um, I just think it's fascinating that all of these guys are still available here at this stage of the process. And, and I wonder, I wonder if there are teams that are waiting for, or, or these players that are maybe waiting for a situation to arise via injury. Somebody gets hurt, and now a team's in need of a starter. And so now there's a better opportunity for a Dalvin Cook. There's a better opportunity for Ezekiel Elliott. Now, I will say this. I think we're much closer to Dalvin Cook signing his name on the dotted line somewhere than we are any of those other three guys. Because it it feels as if, correct me if I'm wrong, everybody, but it certainly feels as if there is more buzz and there's more teams in the mix in Dalvin Cook after he got cut than there has been in the free agency pursuit of Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem Hunt, and Leonard Fournette. And so that, to me, feels like that domino is going to fall first. It'll be Dalvin Cook. And then maybe if a team misses out on Dalvin, who's interested, then then these other dominoes might fall. Sportsnet asks, hasn't Saquon not signed his tender? Yeah, him and Josh Jacobs both haven't signed. Tony Pollard signed his franchise tag. But Josh Jacobs and Saquon both haven't signed theirs. Trying to get long-term deals done, both. Um, Taylor B says Dalvin and D hop are the dominoes, uh, for free agency right now. Okay. We'll use that as the perfect transition to discuss the guy that I think's the other biggest name available in free agency right now would be Deandre Hopkins. And we know he's been taking a world tour. He's been taking a bunch of visits, went to new England. Uh, didn't he meet with Tennessee for, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to, I, you know, DD and daily, we kind of just free flow. I'm going to use one of my timeouts here on the show. And for those listening in the podcast audience, you're not going to understand what I'm doing here. But for the live YouTube chat, can we get a round of applause very quickly for our guy, Jamie Eisner, who is on an international vacation, is not in the continental United States. He's not here, not even in the the 50 states. It's not even in Alaska or Hawaii. My guy is on an international voyage. He's on a cruise. This man's on a boat right now, checking in with TD and Daly on his off time 
saying hello while he's floating somewhere in some sea. Guy says he's sitting on the 16th deck of my cruise ship outside of Liverano, Italy. Guy just came in here to elbow drop off the top rope where he was. That's all he came in here to do. He didn't come in here to be a part of this conversation about free agency. Didn't, didn't come in here to be a part of this conversation about the NFL teams. Came in here to drop off the top rope that he's got the internet service on the cruise and wanted to tell us what he was doing. Never change, Jamie. Never change. Get the tom- Thank you, Healthy, for getting the tomato emojis out in the chat and throwing them at Jamie virtually. Because I think that's what we should boo him for what he's doing right now. We're, we're here having a great time doing a show. This guy comes in here, elbow drop off the top rope to tell us where it is. Glad to have you here, Jamie. Grab a chair. Grab a chair. Move your, move your deck chair, your beach chair. Just move that, slide that right in there. You can, lo- you can lounge out, take in the sun, hang out with us. Let's get back to what we were talking about here, which was DeAndre Hopkins being the other major domino to fall. We were transitioning into the other names of free agency. DeAndre Hopkins is an interesting case study, right? Because this is a guy who the Cardinals tried to trade him, right? They tried to move on from him. They tried to get something of value from him. They didn't really play it very smart. So then they just had to cut him. They just released him. And there was a lot of thought to the idea of, oh, guy's going to go to Kansas City or Buffalo, going to go to a Super Bowl contender, going to help out those rooms. Those rooms need some help. DeAndre Hopkins would be great fits for those teams. We on this show did an entire themed episode in which we talked about potential landing spots for DeAndre Hopkins. We tiered them out. We talked about the teams that were the most likely. We talked about Kansas City. We talked about Buffalo. We talked about outsiders like the Dallas Cowboys potentially being in the mix, the New York Jets being in the mix. And then throughout this process, Tennessee, a, re, uh, a reunion with Houston, meeting with New England, those are the other teams that have emerged in this thing as well. And we sit here on July 3rd and he is still unsigned. Sean Wise says, does D-Hop get more than Odell Beckham Jr.? I think so. I think D-Hop will obviously get more years on his deal. I mean, OBJ signed what? It was a one-year $15 million deal with incentives coming up to $18 million. I mean, I, I certainly think you're looking at DeAndre Hopkins getting more years. Um, does, does D-Hop get $15 million a season? And you're looking at a deal that's like two thirty, or, you know, 345. I mean, I don't think you're going more than three years for DeAndre Hopkins. He's 31 years old. He's the oldest player that we've talked about so far here on the show. So does he get more than Odo Beckham Jr.? Does he get maybe $17 million over the course of two seasons? Does he get something like 234, 235? Yeah, I think that's probably in, in line with what he's going to end up getting. But, but we sit here and he's still on sign. And Sports Not brings a, a, a great team to throw out. That should Carolina sign DeAndre Hopkins? I think they should be looking at every opportunity to make their offense better for their rookie quarterback in year one with Bryce Young. I mean, they've got Adam Thielen, who I don't think is a true wide receiver one anymore. They've gotten Terrence Marshall Jr., who I will not give up on. I'll, this is the year. This is the breakout year for Terrence Marshall Jr. If he doesn't do it, this is the, I'm giving him one more chance. Can't quit him. So they've got, they, they drafted Jonathan Mingo. I think can be extremely, we talked about this when we did our predicting the all-rookie show, how I feel he's going to have a great year one impact. They've got DJ Chark. I don't think any of those guys that I just mentioned would stop you from a honest pursuit of DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins makes you a better football team. And in a division that could absolutely be wide open for the taking, and I have shouted this from the mountaintops. If Jamie still, uh, Jamie can shout it from the 16th deck of, the, of his cruise ship over in Italy for me. 
I, you know, I don't know if, I don't, Italy, I don't know if they're big football fans over there. I don't know if they'll understand what Jamie would be shouting from the, the 16th deck, but I've shouted. I think the Panthers can win this division. I don't think I'd pick them right now. I'd still pick New Orleans, but I think anybody not named Tampa can win the NFC South in 2023. I think the Panthers got a great coaching staff. I think they've got a great infrastructure on offense to support their rookie quarterback. I think they've got a decent enough defense in that division where they were right in it last year, and I think they're better. They're going to be a better coach team with a division that's gotten worse in a lot of different areas. Specifically, the, 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 the team that won the division last year, Tampa, is going to be much worse than they were last year. So I think it's wide open. So yeah, put your chips in the middle. Sign a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. It makes your team better. It gives yourself an opportunity. Sean Wise says, Browns, Carolina, and the Patriots are the top three who should sign D-Hop. I can't get there with the Browns. I really can't get there with the Browns. They've got, they've got Amari Cooper, who, please put some respect on Amari Cooper's name. They've got Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's coming off a really good year last year. They just traded for Elijah Moore, and they have Cedric Tillman. Again, Cedric Tillman and Elijah Moore aren't going to stop me from going out and signing DeAndre Hopkins, but it feels like the Browns have kind of told you what they wanted to do with the moves that they made this offseason with pursuing Elijah Moore ahead of the draft and trading for him, and then in the draft, drafting Cedric Tillman to go with Donovan Peoples-Jones and Amari Cooper. So I can't get there. I just don't, I don't think they make a ton of sense. I know the Lions are in there as well. People have mentioned, Bailey says, I think the Lions should also be added to that group. They have a real chance, can't have too many weapons, and puts less pressure on Jameson to perform immediately when he comes back. Yeah, I mean, and we're going to see too, right? Because they've got a true number one. Uh, and this, this might be a hot take to some, but I'm on Ross St. Brown as a true number one wide receiver in the NFL today. That's how good he's been in the last two seasons. So you've got your true number one. We don't know what Jameson Williams is. We just don't. And so, and he's going to play, and he's going to miss the first six games of the season. So having, having a veteran presence is probably nice. They're going to try to draw in Sam Laporta into their offense at the tight end position. They've got Jameer Gibbs, who they're going to use all over the place as a pass-catching threat. So I like their group. I think Ben Johnson's going to be extremely creative. I think Ben Johnson could be even more creative if he had a guy like DeAndre Hopkins in that wide receiver room. They make some sense. They are going for it. Um, uh, Dylan says, a team that would never do it but should is Green Bay. Ah. Oh. I, yeah, I just don't know. Would, De- would DeAndre Hopkins want to go to Green Bay? I just don't know. Uh, Taylor B. says the Browns would be better served using some of the money on someone who can spell Chubb a bit. I agree with that 100%. If they're going to spend any kind of money, it should be on a good backup for Chubb to continue what they've been building the last couple of years than it is to reinvest into the uh, wide receiver room. Um, who said? Oh, Taylor B. also said also, almost every team should want to sign D-Hop, but I still don't know what teams can afford a $17 million receiver. You know what? Crunch the numbers here. I'll tell you right now who's got that kind of cap space. Now, again, any team can create funny money. And I think almost any team that signs DeAndre Hopkins is going to put dummy years into the contract like we saw with Odo Beckham Jr.'s deal, right? Odo Beckham Jr. signed a one-year, $15 million deal with the Baltimore Ravens. He's got an $11 million cap hit for their team next year in a year that he's not playing for them in 2024. So teams will do the funny business with the cap. They'll, they'll manipulate with the dummy years. They'll do all this stuff. So I think everybody should conceivably be on the table. But let's look at teams who have a, a decent amount of cap space. You've got the Bears at $32 million. You've got the Cardinals at $26.6 million. I don't think a reunion is going to be in the cards there. The Panthers at twenty six point five, a team that we mentioned. The Colts at twenty five point one, The Jets at twenty three point one, The Lions at twenty two point nine, The Cowboys at 20.4. The Vikings at 17.8. So these are all, all the teams that, if we go off of our guess of 17, or at least more than Odell, 
And this is the kind of range you're looking at, right? Is these teams and above. You got the you have the Browns at 16.8, the Jags at 15.8, you've got the Patriots at 14.9. You've got some teams that could be in the mix. Jets need a need a back for insurance for Brees Hall. I think they I think they feel incredibly comfortable with the insurance that they have currently on the roster with Michael Carter, Zonovan Knight, and Israel Abanacanda. Would be my guess. Bailey says, our friend Joe Marino talks about having known commodities around your quarterback that has questions. The Packers should go for it. They have inexperienced weapons while, while they are trying to work out love at the moment. Agree 100% with our friend Joe. If you have a quarterback that you're on the fence about, it is, it is well within your best interest to surround that guy with everything that you think he might need. I mean, I, not, not to compare it to my team, but look what the Jets did for Zach Wilson last year. Got him Garrett Wilson. Already had Corey Davis. They got two big tight ends. Tyler Conklin, C.J. Ozoma. They invested in a good running game. They gave him everything he needed. Look what happened last year. Gave the Jets all the confidence in the world to say, you know what? 2023, that guy can't be our quarterback. We have to go out and get somebody else. They went out and got Aaron Rodgers. So I'd love to check all the boxes. If I'm a team, I'd love to check all those boxes for my, my young quarterback. I mean, they, they, they gave Jordan Love a contract extension. Sort of, kind of. That gives them a little bit of a runway to evaluate him. Then you need to put the pieces around him to be able to fully evaluate him. You don't want a Sam Darnold situation on your hands. Bailey says, I know Green Bay won't do it. I also quite like, quite like the guys they have drafted, but just having one more known quantity brings all together nicely. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I don't want us positioning this as we would like him in Green Bay because we think it would help Jordan Love to diminish what I think they've done in this draft in terms of adding players, right? They've got Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, right? They added in this draft, Luke Musgrave, who I think is going to be their starting tight end, Jaden Reed, who I think is going to be one of their best three wide receivers. They got Tucker Kraft as well. Like They invested heavily in pass catchers. So it's not like they've done nothing, but we feel like they could do more. Taylor B says, I'm surprised the Bears and Colts aren't more in the mix for D-Hop. They both have the money to do it. They both have the money to do it. Uh, Sean Wise, where the flip does Jadavion Clowney go and get? All right, we can talk about some of these other names here. On the show. Yeah, you got your Davion Clowney on defense. Uh, we've been looking just at off at offensive players. So let's look at some defensive players. You got your Davion Clowney. Uh, Marcus Peters still available in free agency. Yannick Ngakwe still on sign, right? Um, those are probably some of the bigger names that you have at, at some respective positions. Two, uh, you got two edges and a corner. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is what Jadavion Clowney does, right? So I'm not surprised that we sit here on July 3rd. Like with some of these other guys, we've been surprised that they're still out there, that they still haven't signed anywhere, that they're still. Um, evaluating where they're going to be in 2023. I'm not surprised if JV, Javion Clowney's still out there. Like, this is what this is what he does. Every year he signs a contract this late in the process. And I think he's waited until August before to sign, hasn't he? I mean, I'll look it up right now just to confirm, but I'm almost positive he's waited until August in time, at times, to, to sign a contract. Jags need another backup edge like Arden Key was for them last year. Uh... Dylan says, outside of linebacker or safety, do any other defenders move the needle for you with the Jets? Now, Dylan, for those who don't know Dylan, I do a Jets podcast with Dylan, and so Dylan and I talk about the Jets quite regularly. Um, and so Dylan knows how I feel about linebackers and safety. And I certainly don't think they need any help on the, on defense, but I'm sure they're going to evaluate if anybody could make them better and add to their room. They'll certainly do so. But no, I don't think there's any other position that really kind of stands out to me. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe could be a priority for the Bears. They keep saying they'll add a guy, but I don't love that fit. So, Bailey, I, I'm not trolling you. 
I know you're going to think I'm trolling you because this is a Bears conversation, but I'm not trolling you. If Yannick Ngakwe is a priority for the for the Bears, then why wouldn't they just sign him? Like, if he's a priority, then it would already be done. The fact that we sit here on July 3rd and it's not done makes me think that it's not really as much, much of, a, uh, of a priority for the Bears as maybe you'd like him to be or that, they, that you think he could be. Sean Weiss says, Peter said the Bills makes a lot of sense. They like their random vet corners. And they added a bunch of guys to that secondary this year, right? I know Taylor Rapp is there. Let me pull up the Bills depth chart real quick. We just did the corner rooms. I just forget. In that corner room, they got Kyir Elam. I mean, they could use, they got Jadavius White, who's, who's not getting any younger, right? But then after that, they've got Kyir Elam. Um, they've got Christian Benford, which were their two rookie corners a year ago. And that's about it in the corner depth. I know they got Dane Jackson. They got Cam Dantzler in there as well. They could probably use it. They could probably use a backup corner. Guys don't want to go to the optional parts of uh, of the offseason. Lots of vets sign before training camp as they then can have extra time off, but that, that might uh, not be what's happening here. Who knows? I mean, yeah, but, like, you can just sign and not go. Like, it's it's okay. I now, I now need to confirm whether when, when if Jadavion on Clowney is signed anywhere. If he, well, if he, if he signed anywhere, like, late in the process. He signed with the Tennessee Titans on September 8th, 2020. That, so, Jadavion Clowney, very familiar with the signing late in the process. Signed a deal on September 8th of 2020. Uh, Taylor B says, most of these teams are just waiting for camp and preseason so they don't overspend and suddenly have a need somewhere else after injury. Sure, this is, this is that next wave. Uh, and I think you're going to start to see some of these names come off the board. But it's one of those things where he was on the Titans. What his Wikipedia page says. Signed a one-year deal worth $12 million on September 8th. And then was placed on injured reserve on November 21st with a knee injury. Is what his Wikipedia page entry says about his, about his stint with the Tennessee Titans. Played in eight games for them that year. No sacks. The only year he, he, that's the only year he's never, he's never had a sack in since his rookie season in 2014. I just, I just have no clue where Clowney will go. I mean, probably on another one-year deal. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a short-term deal for him. That's kind of what he's done his whole career, so since, you know, leaving Houston. So we'll, we'll see what ultimately happens. But yeah, those are some of the big names still available. Talk through some of uh, the places where they could end up. Uh, but that is going to do it for us here on the podcast edition of the show. Appreciate you all being here, being a part of the show. Uh, hope you're all enjoying uh, whatever you might be doing here over the next couple of days. Hope you enjoy your 4th of July tomorrow. We will have a show tomorrow. Uh, but while you're waiting for that show, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, share the show with a friend. We greatly do appreciate it over here on the show. Helps us out a ton. Helps us continue to grow out the community that we've got here on the show. You can join us. Monday through Friday, normally 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, on the YouTube side of things, so you can catch the live show. We went a little bit late today. It uh, started at noon, and no live show tomorrow. I'm going to be traveling later on today. I'm going to get in a little too early tomorrow or a little too late tomorrow to be able to do a show. Um, so we, there will be a podcast for you in the podcast feed, but there won't be any video version of the show for you guys tomorrow. We'll be back with our regularly scheduled programming on Wednesday um, at, tw- at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, for the show. So we greatly do appreciate it. You can catch all the VODs over on the YouTube channel as well. Please give the video a thumbs up, like the video, um, subscribe, comment, all those things. It, does, it certainly helps us out a ton, and we greatly do appreciate it. Uh, thank you to everybody for making this show a part of your day. Hope you all have a great rest of your Monday, and I will talk with you all tomorrow.